All right, Mike, it is great to see you today. Um, I, I thought about it the other day. We've known each other probably 20 years now or close yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that really attracted me to, uh, to you and to what was going on at Cottonwood uh, was y'all's mission work with the Hani. Yeah. Um, at the time, that was, that was very innovative. Uh, talk to me some just about about the missional efforts of Cottonwood and where y'all are in that now. Okay. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I, you know, first came to Cottonwood in 80, 85, late 84, early 85. Uh -huh. It wasn't until 1999 that we actually headed uh, toward the nations. Okay. So in a lot of that, what happened in 99 um, doesn't happen without what's happened prior to that. Well, yeah, and I probably asked the questions out of order. Let's just talk through the story some. Yeah, you, yeah. So yeah, so it's like um, here I, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I grew up in a great church in Metairie, Louisiana, uh, you know, New Orleans uh, area. Um, our church, gosh, just knows how to pick these great youth pastors, you know, out at, who are in seminary, guys <laughs> like Mike Toby, you know, First Baptist Woodway, and then yeah. a guy named Phil Simmons, who was up at, um, oh, up in the Metroplex for a while, a while before he, he passed. Um, and then um, you have, uh, you know, then the guys that might not be well known in Texas, but are in, in other parts of the South that went to New Orleans Seminary. Uh -huh. And it just got, gosh, we just got equipped early. Um, I mean, I, we, we learned about discipleship when I was, you know, 15, you know, 1975. Right. Um, uh, and, uh, and so uh, discipled, had, had my first discipleship group as a senior, uh, had five uh, sophomores, you know, and um, I had to ministry early. I'm on, actually, I was going to be on, on my way to Baylor, um, had a room assignment and everything, ready to go. And uh, I, First week of camp that year, um, youth director from West Moral Baptist Church who worked with Ralph Neighbor invited me to come on staff. And so I was 17 and, uh, and so, and just thought this would be a great opportunity. So we got, we had to, I had, I had to Houston to Houston Baptist and right. undergrad there. And then, and then I served four years as an intern and um, two of those years with Jimmy Doral, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's my supervisor for a couple of years. And then, uh, then I became the only one on staff, everybody left. And then, and the youth pastor full time and graduated from seminary and um, got married. I mean, college and then gradu graduated from college, got married all the same week. And so, um, so for a year, was the only one on staff. It was a very innovative church with Ralph, you know, beforehand. Right, right. And then I headed to seminary two years later, and, and in 18 months in the seminary, I get a call from this church in the middle of nowhere, about 20 people, um, to come supply. And so I go supply, and that night they asked us to be the pastor. And so I uh, went back to seminary and Fort Worth and thought, oh, gosh, this, I think I could do this for 18 months, you know, right, right. New Orleans boy, Houston, lived on the Katy freeway, you know, and yeah. all that. So, so, um, like we get there, um, we come back the next week, said, we'd love to be your pastor, uh, but I'm only going to be there 18 months. And 
I had five deacons that literally represented uh, 10 couples, okay? Church has been around since 08, you know, never run over 20, 25 people ever. Right. right. I mean, ever. And, um, and I said, well, I'm only going to be here 18 months, so just know that before you call me. And their response was, well, that's about how long our pastors stay anyway. <laughs> but just come on. And, uh, you know, it's almost like, well, this is what we do. We, we, we teach you to get started, you know. Yeah. So, so anyway, I settle in. Um, we, um, um, seminary comes, uh, graduation comes and goes. I don't feel any leadership to candidate anywhere, put my name out. Just I've never done any of that, you know. Um, had an opportunity to go to North Shore, New Orleans, on North Shore of uh, Lake Pontchartrain. Yeah. Uh, church out in, uh, called Westland Baptist when they were about 70 people, um, uh, asked us to consider, you know, um, coming. And so just didn't feel any kind of leadership. And, uh, gosh, eight, 1987, two years later, just had a real move of God in my life and just really felt like God asked us to stay. Yeah. So I thought I'd pastor, um, gosh, 30 people the rest of my life. And right. God to those dreams. You know, I knew I'd preach when I was 10, you know, I tell people when you grow up in a Southern Baptist church and everybody knows you're um, headed to ministry, they say a lot of nice things about your future that you believe, you know. Right, right. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. so that's kind of the beginnings of that. And then during those early years uh, after staying, you know, the first two years we had no growth, but God was just forming, I think, a message of, um, I'll just tell you the way it formed. So it's this thought that Jesus doesn't come into your life to lay dormant or powerless. Mm-hmm. He comes in to take away sins, destroy the works of the devil, heal you of your wounds, crush the enemy's head and conform you to his image. Yeah. So I began preaching those kinds of, um, I guess, revival kind of messages. And within, uh, by 1999, uh, two years, uh, 89, two years later, it, uh, the church went from 30 to 90. And, uh, and then through the, through um through the 90s just you know had just a real steady not huge steady growth and um and then so then and and i think one of the things that that really formed me in my preaching was this thought in 1990 91 where this thought of uh, what is the glory of god mm-hmm. what does that look like Right. How do we pursue that? You know, um, and one day I, um, I had gone to, uh, well, I was finishing up a sermon on the glory of God and, um, it was new year's day or something where there was a national championship going on. And I finished my sermon and went over to back to the parsonage, which was about 10 feet from the church. That right. And, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> I felt like the Lord said, go back. And so I went back. And really, this message of God's glory um, ignited. And it's just simple. It's, you know, when Moses said, show me your glory. Yeah. And put him in the cleft of the rock. It's, I, to me, it's not so much what he saw. It's what he heard. And what he heard was the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord, Lord, God, um, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, uh, uh, full of loving kindness and truth. Um, keeps loving kindness for thousands and forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. And I just felt God say, that's my glory. Preach that. Because if you preach the glory of God, you will preach Jesus. There so, you go. So John chapter one, you know, famous. The hell is glory. The glory of the one and only begotten. Full of loving yeah. kindness and truth, right? Yeah. 
so so I began that 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 quest of um, being a pastor that not only is working hard at formation and transformation, but teaching this to our to our people, and in the in the in the in the lens of God's glory. So through the years, uh, by, by 1999, when I met uh, Dr. Stroop, Mike Stroop, right, right. Actually, I met him in '98, and uh, through Mike Toby, by the way, and um, just had a conversation with him about China. And I had, um, I, I got to understand, I had no, I, I'm still not a world traveler now. I mean, I just love staying on this soil. Okay. Right, right. I've, I've got my own uh, uh, neurosis about traveling and all that stuff. And so it is a, a lean into me, but, and, and I, I, I just, I was happy the way we did mission. I mean, we go on a couple of mission trips to the Navajo, uh, to inner city, and, um, and then we'll give, to the cooperative program and to the IMB and y'all can do that. You know? yeah, yeah. And I met him and he was, he was just talking about of some things that started to resonate with me. And I asked him, was there anything going on in China? And when I said China, I, I know this sounds maybe a little mystic, but it was just like an angel took that word and just washed me with it. And I, that moment in November of 98, I knew that our church one day would be in China. And so, um, I had Mike come and do a um, an all day missions conference. We would do things like that all day uh, children's uh, parenting or all day marriage, all day financial um, kind of thing. And we would start with Sunday school church, come back at five, do a session, eat, and do another couple of sessions. And so I asked him to come the second week of January, 1999, to talk about um, missions. And well. If you know anything about Mike Struve, I mean, not one time did he ever use the word mission. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But he, what he did was was talked about pursuing the glory of God to the ends of the earth. And I've been teaching this thought of the glory of God, um, you know, since eight uh, since 1990. So almost 10 years, nine years to you know almost to the day. Right. And right. Um, and um, I I just feel like our people were under that kind of teaching and when he used that word we were all undone and um and i'm just telling you we that evening we had about an hour and a half discussion of positive you know we must do this we must pursue god's glory to the ends of the earth and then we had another hour prayer time i didn't we didn't get finished till 10 o'clock that night and um, he and Mary Carpenter and another, another uh, one of his, uh, 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 another guy, Jeff was his name, who, who did the youth that weekend, um, were sitting in the parsonage when I came in and we were just all stunned by the response. And within uh, 2020, uh, in that next few, that year, I'd gone to China with Mike and um, Russ Barksdale, um, who had, his church had adopted the, uh, the 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 way of uh, China, up in Xi'an, China, and um, I was on an exposure trip with them. But we just felt like God was calling us to the Southwest, where uh, minorities were, and we sent another team in. Um, I didn't go on that. I didn't go on that trip. Uh, I had no. Uh, we didn't have elders then, but um, we just had seven lay people go, and they right. came back and felt like God had called us to the Hani of Southwest China. And uh, that's uh, 29, uh, 22 years ago, yeah. 
when we started 20, well, 21 years ago, when we started sending, actually began to send people. Met a guy named Steve Smith, um, who um, uh, was the, the coordinator um, for the honey, for the IMB, a strategy coordinator. And um, immediately he hired three of our families and uh, we started just sending folks. And then, and then um, at some point we just felt like there was just some things that we felt like we just needed to do on our own. And so we just continued in our network and working with um, honey. And I'm just telling you through Steve Smith's work and um, IMB and um, some things that we've been able to do since um, we've, we've seen about a thousand churches planted, about 35,000 wow. people come to Christ. Um, church is strong right now. It's, it's just awesome. Um, so we just continue to, to, to do that. We don't have anybody on the field there. Actually, right now, we don't have any, anyone anywhere right now, but, um, um, but we do have, um, uh, we do have folks like Hani, and uh, we're in Cambodia right now. We, 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 we help with a, a full team there. Um, and, uh, but we're just constantly sending. And uh, we've sent over 600 people on short-term or long-term trips to China Six, alone. 600 people. Over 600, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, and it's, just, uh, and it's just an ongoing process. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. Sure. This journey, you know, we talk about all the time about this journey toward Christ-likeness. It's from, right. from glory to glory, you know. Yeah. And, and so the same kind of thing with the ebbs and lows of life and, and home ministry and personnel that you have, you know. So, and, you know, this, when we adopted Honey, we were just, we were just uh, servicing about 250 people at that time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we took, took this on. Um, believing that God had called us to an unreached people group in Southwest China. Sorry for the long answer. No, no, that's, that's what I'm looking for is, is just conversation. Yeah. And, and, um, well, now I forgot my next question, Mike. Uh, it'll come back as we visit. And, and I would ask, so, so what, what role, so probably 20 years ago, it struck me, I remember reading John Stott's last sermon, and he said, you know, we used to, to ask the question, what's the goal of the Christian life? And, and we looked at the Westminster Confession of Faith, you know, and it was, you know, to, to love God and glorify Him forever and all this. And, and he said, you know, I finally came to the point that the goal is Christ-likeness. Absolutely. That all throughout the New Testament, that's, that's the goal. And Ephesians 4 you know, is one of those passages that I took on as, as an understanding of what ministry is to prepare God's people for works of service, to help them grow into the fullness of Christ. And um, I would ask, what role has this sending and these connections played in the growth and discipleship, the, the, the Christian formation of your folks at yeah. church? Well, first of all, um, I think even even at this particular point, you have to even back up into a, a person's life who just, you know, we, we believe in original sin. We believe in the fall. We believe that there's none righteous, right? Mm -hmm. not, not one. And people um, sitting, even sitting in pews are messed up spiritually in so many ways. Right. Uh, and so you've got the thought of... Um, you know, the scripture talks about all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, boastful mm -hmm. pride of life. 
Um, and so th those are the things that when a person comes uh, into our midst and we're preaching these kinds of messages, there's something that stirs with conviction that realizes I'm not where I'm supposed to be even, even right. spiritually, let alone doing missional work somewhere. Right. And so, um, so you've got people, you know, we talk, I talked a little bit about how God, you know, one of those points is that he, he does come to take away sin, but he also comes to heal and take away our sorrows. Right. So Isaiah talks about, he bore our sins on the cross on his body, but he also bore our sorrows. Right. And I've got, we got people in our churches who have, who are eight year, eight, nine, 10 year old wounds when they were eight, nine, 10, that don't know what to do with them. Okay. This is why we have addiction. This is why we have anger issues. This is why we have divorce. This is why we have so many things in people's lives. That's not, they're not sh being shaped into Christ likeness mm -hmm. because somehow I believe, and this is just a personal thing is that somehow we've narrowed the gospel down and I'm not saying we, it's like that as much, but something, it, we narrow the gospel down to just a few little points. And if you do this thing, you're in, okay? Right. And what happens is, is that because of um, what, the, what the church says is successful, you know, baptisms and right. salvations and those kinds of things, we, we, can, we can be guilty of watering down the gospel right. and, um, and not see people fully being formed or Christ being fully formed in them. And so, um, so this is a part of our preaching. This is a part of our teaching. Um, we, 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 you know, I, we, we talk about our five values, our five values, God in his glory. So whatever we do, will it truly bring glory to God or will it just bring glory to the church? You know, yeah. uh, the second is, is will we love well or love great? And that means loving God, of course, loving neighbor, but the new commandment is to love one another as I've loved you. Yeah. And then the third is, of course, connecting and community and doing life together. And then the third, fourth is a word, the word and how strong the word is and how the word will. Um, well, Psalm 19 says it'll rejoice the heart. It'll restore the soul. It'll make you wise. It'll light your eyes. And it's better than gold and sweeter than honey. It's better yeah. than honey. It's better than food, you know. And so the, so the word is a huge thing for us. And then the fifth is transformation, believing that, that, we re that transformation and sanctification is really not an option in the Christian life. Right. Uh, and so one of the things we talk about in that formation is, is, what is what's, God what's God prompting us? you know, in, in the area of character, um, prompting us to forgive, uh, prompting us to get rid of the roots of bitterness, um, to repent of our pornography or our lustful stuff, um, you know, to, um, to walk in um, a peace and not chaos and to walk in um, a, a, a peace and not anxiety, worry, and stress. So, so we're constantly teaching and hopefully mo uh, modeling this. And I, yeah. and I have a staff that's, gosh, we have 167 years at, uh, ministry, combined ministry at Cottonwood alone, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so we, we have this thought about, okay, here are our values. Um, I, I, another thought, Steve, is this, is that... But let me, let me hit that because those five values... I would say that, that that's really your disciple-making model. Absolutely. Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me just say, and if we, don't have, we don't have this plastered everywhere. I mean, it's not like, 
But I think if you would, if we had uh, the heart, of, my heart would be if we had um, a mission statement or something that would describe us is that we, we're a church that at least wants to, with all our heart, to love you and to love one another to the places God wants us to be. That's and whether great. that's from lostness to saved, saved to growing, to service, if that's from, uh, to get you from uh, this continent to another continent, if this is to get you from a bad marriage to a good marriage to a great and even better marriage. And that's the thing that I think we talk about at staff is, is that every morning when I get up and I, you know, I see a ton of people every day. I mean, I don't stay in this office. I mean, I, you know, I've got groups that meet and I've got um, people I meet with. Um, I'm asking the question, I just got, I just want to be a part of this. And I, I, I want to love these folks to the places you want them to be. How can I do that today? How can I do that for Dominic? How can I do yeah. that for counsel appointment coming up or preaching tonight? I, I just want to, to, I want with all my heart to love our people and our people love each other and one another to the places God has called us to be. And of course, that, that's the formation of Christ like this, right? Yeah, you can form yeah. an image of Jesus, something that he promised he'd do, something yeah. he said that the Spirit of God is praying for, interceding for, something that is not just some wishful thing out there. It is the, it is the promise of God. This is what I do to come. When I come into your life, I come to transform you. Yeah. Now, some of us are a little slower than others, right? But not too slow. I just believe that God wants to do that kind of work. Yeah. So, so when it comes to the field or comes to um, ministry, our expectation is, is that we're, we're doing it right now, wherever we are. And then when God says, hey, I want you on this trip or I want you on this field, um, then that's already settled because we've, we've already said yes. We've already right. said it before we right. even knew what it was. So I hope that explains. I hope I'm not No, no it, it does. And, and Mike, one of the things that I'm, I'm struggling with and thinking through is, you know, I, I hear all the time about we need to make disciples. But, but I, I don't think most people can define that. And even if they can, they don't know what the process is. There's, there's no process that says we are going to enter into this relationship together and we are going to love one another and learn together so that we become like Jesus. Right. Um, and I mean, I grew up with same thing you did. You go to church on Sunday morning, go to church on Sunday night, Wednesday night, you check the boxes on your Sunday school envelope. And, and none of those are bad things. Coming to church is a good thing. Bringing your Bible is a good thing. You know, uh, tithing is a good thing, but we shifted uh, to where we uh, we checked those, and I've done everything we need to do, and and so so I think we just need to reevaluate our process. So, and, yeah. um, I think for me, it's the the continual thought of will I will I as a, a pastor obey the initial promptings of the spirit of God right? in whatever area there is just this obedience that I think is um, freeing that is brings peace and it brings life. And, um, and the question I often ask is, Hey, what's the last thing God told you to do that you've not done? Right. 
And I mean, and I, and I say, you don't have to think hard about that. You, if there's something that God, you know, God's asked you to do that you've not done, you're going to know that immediately. And my thought is, is, hey, go run and do that last thing and then come on back and let's see what's next, you yeah. know, because yeah. I, I, and I, I just, um, I just feel like, you know, what's like what Jesus said. I mean, uh, the fool hears the word and doesn't do it and builds right. his life on the sand. Right. And the wise man hears it and does it. And um, he builds his house on the rock so that when the storms come, he still stands. Right. And so I think that to me, it's that kind of, that kind of discipleship and it's that kind of praying and it's that kind of leading. And it's, and I, you know, I do a, a, a ministry that I, some would call deliverance. I just call it a simple, you know, repentant faith, full of faith counseling that leads people to um to walk this out uh to walk this faith out to walk uh it out when i'm struggling when i'm hurting when i'm angry when i'm mad you know all those things that i i don't have to i don't have to walk that way i, I don't have to have a choke chain around my neck that pulls me to the places that i don't want to go and right. i don't want to go so but I, I think that that's the thought is just the personal freedom that's taking place in our people's lives. And I'm just going to tell you, yeah, we, we teach people how to read their Bible. We teach people how to, sure. um, to have their quiet time. We teach people how to share faith. I mean, we do that. And is it systematic? No, it's just more caught. It's more like this thought of just, we're spending time with our people yeah. and, um, and, um, and we're answering questions through uh, biblical principles that we're talking about right now and uh you know you know brother it's like you know paul said it in two said it, he said two different ways he said but the the most definitive ways is as you've received the lord so walk in him yeah and we received the lord when we repented of our sins and believed that what jesus did two thousand years ago he did for us right. not just to send us to heaven and keep us from hell right but to be formed by him forever yeah, and I think that's the kind of message that prepares people um, to say yes. So that in all these years, you know, um, we we went we went from um, a very uh, very traditional service to contemporary mm -hmm. without a fight, um, without a war. Uh, we went through um, from a deacon ministry to an elder led ministry with no fight with no fuss uh we we adopted a people group in red china in the 90s without a fight um we've spent millions of dollars without a fight uh, i'm just telling you i believe because of the foundational message of christ likeness yeah and so so i i think that uh um and I, I just, I mean, that's what I bleed. And um, I bleed in, in the pulpit and I bleed it with, um, with our people uh, uh, that I meet with uh, daily. And I, I, I just feel like God has just blessed that. Yeah. And I mean, even here in the midst of COVID, I mean, we've had 25 new families come. We're baptized wow. for adults Sunday, another couple next, next week. Um, I mean, it's just... The church is absolutely thriving. Um, it, it's, um, I, I'm, I'm preaching some of this of the word tonight, 
but it's really interesting because one of the scriptures talks about um, in Jeremiah 17, 7, about trusting in the Lord. If you don't trust it, if you trust in man more than you trust in God, he says you're going to be like a bush in the desert. But if you put your trust in God, you're going to be a well-watered tree and you'll never be anxious, even in times of drought. Right. And you know, we've, we, this, this world is in a season of drought right now through all yes. this. Yeah. And I've got a people who are absolutely, totally thriving right now. Yeah. I feel like we are in, um, uh, I tell people, yeah, I've been here 30, 36 years. Um, but I feel like I'm on my ninth church. Well, I'm just telling you, I'm on my 10th church right now. Wow. And, um, and we're just seeing a hunger I'm seeing people just absolutely, totally, uh, are, are totally thriving. And doesn't mean that we've had our problems. Doesn't mean we've had our struggles. We're not perfect, but I'm just seeing this direction of a new glory that we preach about. And, and, and I, I, I tell you, another thing we're seeing is, is my fringe has shrunk and my core has grown during this time. Wow. And that's just, to me, um, uh, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen like anything like it. And this has all happened in, uh, started happening in late July. Um, and I'm just really, 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 really grateful to see what God's doing in this season. And I'm certainly glad I stayed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That That's awesome. Cause I would bet, you know, those first, <laughs> and we've talked about this some before, but, but I would bet those first five to six years were, were certainly not what your expectation you know, it, it wasn't. I mean, uh, and when I was, when I was, uh, when Jimmy left, we were baptizing a hundred kids a year. And I baptized the next two years, a hundred kids, two years in a row. Yeah. And two or 300 kids in youth ministry in a church that ran 300 in Sunday school total. Right. And, um, you know, and I just, and then I come out here and I tell people jokingly and lovingly, I went from youth ministry to geriatrics for Jesus, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, and with no a a anticipation, it's just a stopover. You know, it's yep. just giving my wife an opportunity to live her dream for 18 months of living in the country. Right. And, um, and so those early years were, to me, those early years was, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to. Sure. On. So, but sure. then when God asked us to stay, I began, I would struggle with that, you know, especially yeah. the first two years. Well, I'll, I'll take, tell you, the first two years were like a honeymoon with Jesus. Okay? Right. I'm not just telling you. Um, There's no expectation for growth. There's no expectation from people. You know, this is a, uh, you know, there's not even a dot on the, on the map. Okay. Right. It's not even a dot on the map. And, um, and we're still in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's been no growth. I mean, around us. Right. Speak of. But I think for me, um, the war really began in when we started growing because uh, there've been times that I've just tried to feel like I got to manage it. And, um, and that's the temptation. And I, sure. I mean, I've got about 15 leadership books over here that I'd go buy and I'd get, I'd get in the fourth chapter and think, what are you, what, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? You know, I, there, there's just this tendency that I've got to control it, that I've got to massage it, that I've got to, you know, lead it in the way the world needs to lead it. When, right. when all, all I've, I've ever known is just, I mean, I, just, I want to love you to that place. Now, I've never articulated it always that way. 
but I do now. I just, I, I want to love folks to the places God wants them to be. And so that means sometimes I'm meeting with a 17 year old kid, you know, snot nosed kid as a right. pastor, having right. lunch with him and um, in a, a church that now services about 800 people. And so, um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me is, well, I, if I'm called to be, can be conformed to the image of Jesus, am I reflecting? Yeah. I'm mean, reflecting that. Am I reflecting God, the father to my children? Uh, Jesus, the husband to my wife, Jesus, the shepherd to our people. And yeah, Jesus was present in people's lives. Yeah. And I, I, I know I get jazzed with that because I'm an extrovert. I'm not an introvert, but I'm just telling you, I feel like, um, because, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, most people don't remember what I preach Sunday. They might remember yeah. a word or something. Right. But man, they remember when I'm in their life. Yep. And they never forget that. Yeah. And, um, and so, and that's, and to me, that's part of the, the growth. It's part of the discipleship. It's part of the leading our people to the places God wants them to be. You know, Mike, as we've been thinking, I've, I've thought it just won't let go. You know, Paul told, well, he told more than one congregation. I mean, he said this a couple of, at least two times that I think of imitate me as I imitate Jesus, Absolutely. you know, and, and, Boy, I have struggled through, you know, being the professional minister. And at this point in my life, I just want to help churches and help people be Jesus people. Yeah. No. Um, so, you know, you said earlier, and boy, I resonated with this, that, that, um, you know, when you are called to preach, folks tell you just what the expectation is and where you're going to be in 20 years. And, you know, and, and, um, uh, man, I, I bore that burden way too long. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just like kind of being Jesus people. That's what I tell my kids. I'm like, you know, look, I, I want you to, I'm fine that you're Baptist and and they both still go to good Baptist churches, sure. but, but I'm like, you know, I, I really want you to be Jesus people. Absolutely. That That's it. And the, in the end of the day, that's, that's what I want to see you be. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And you know, it's, it's like, I, I was, um, my last Wednesday night, um, I was sharing with this thought of um, the authority that God gives us to tread upon all the, powers of darkness mm. and um I, I likened it to um you know a a field and what's your field you know and do you own the field you right. know with jesus right. and it may be the field of character it may be the field of ministry it may be the field of your family and just to think about not this boastful or prideful or arrogant shout at the devil, shout at this, shout at sin. It's just there's something about the authority that God's given us to lead and to love and to bless and to heal. I think when you think about the Ezekiel passage that says, woe to the shepherds who've been feeding themselves, you know, you know, you've been, you've been getting fat and right. you've not healed the diseased and you've not fed the hungry and you've not sought for the lost. And I, you know, th th those kind of passages early on in my, in my formation in those two years were, were just, um, 
were things that just produced a healthy fear of God in me. You know, I, I want I want to be the guy that 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 tr- truly expresses Christ that yep. as a shepherd. You know, and um, and we've got some great passages of Scripture that tell us how to, what to do, what that looks like. You know, and I think for me, it's like um, I've got you know I've got people in my church that are babies. Okay. And they can't do anything spiritually for themselves right now. Right. And then you've got children. John calls them children. Okay. And, and they're starting to walk and they're starting to, to get it, you know, and they're starting to, to, to learn and to do all those kinds of things. But then, then there's the, the young men and young women. And what does he say? Say you overcome the enemy, you know, and I'm writing these things to you. And then John says, and then I'm writing these things to you fathers, parents. Why? Because you know that, you know that, you know who God is. You know who he is and you know you're forgiven and you've been through the processes. And to me, so when I think about formation, I've got people who are babies. I've got people who are children in the Lord. And I've got people who are young people who are hitting home runs, you know. And I've got fathers and mothers out there that are reproducing their lives. And I think to me, when I think of glory to glory, and I think of church life with him being the head, that's what I think about. Um, I think about the spiritual nursery all the way to the, the fields, you know, where people are, are battling it out, you know. And I just, I just kind of use this term, hey, own the field. You know, with Jesus, just own it. You know, it, it's yours to own. It's yours to tread on. It's yours to walk in confidence with. Yeah. And that comes with risk. You know, it just comes with risk. So, but I don't know. I, I'm rambling again, brother. I, well, you know what, Mike, this conversation, they, these are the good things that I, one of the great things about my job is that I get to come in and hang out and have these kind of conversations with folks. And, um, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm better. I'm a better person when I get to hang out with Mike Fritcher. Uh, well, you're kind, um, brother. You're kind. So, um, you challenge me and encourage me and I appreciate that. And, um, uh, so anyway, that's what we want to hear. So rambling's all good. So. Okay. All, right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm 61 now. So, I mean, it's just, gee, you know, where does it go? But, wow. you know, but, uh, I don't know. We're just, there's just a whole lot of things to celebrate. Not, and when the pandemic started, we were all lost, you know, I mean, sure. identity lost. I can't go meet with men. I can't, I can't go meet with my men. I can't go to a hospital. I can't go to a surgery. I can't be with somebody when they're dying, you yeah. know, preaching to an empty hall. I mean, it's just, and, but I, you know, just kind of got into a rhythm. And um, when, when we were in, when we didn't know what this was and they've at, and we weren't meeting, you know, I just, I just started getting on the phone and, and I, I FaceTime 60 families, talk to their kids, you know, yeah. I was, I was calling and FaceTiming 20, 30 people a day and just keeping in touch, praying and doing those things. And then we opened up in, uh, on Mother's Day and, um, we just, we've not looked back, you know, and it's just been, God has just really, really blessed those things, uh, these, these, these days, blessed us in these days. And I tell people, I started thinking, there's no greater time to be alive than right now. Right. There's no greater time for the church to be the church triumphant. And, um, and so I, I've been just, I've just been plugging that with our people. You know, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know things are scary. I know things are, um, 
or controversial, I mean, huge controversies with, with masks and, and race and this election and everything. But I mean, we can't get our, we can't take our eyes off the prize. Right. You know, I mean, we've got to keep, we've got to keep seeking the things above and right. not the things that below. And so that's kind of what I've been cheerleading. And you, you know, know what? God's been really gracious to us. Really gracious. That's awesome. Mike, I, I interviewed with a church the other day for their interim, and, and they asked, said, well, how do you handle politics in the church? And, and their, their previous pastor had, uh, the language is not political. He had been very partisan in his preaching. And, and I said, well, the, the greatest compliment, one of the greatest compliments I got was a friend of mine in my church who, who after a, a sermon came and said, you know, I, I can't tell who you'd vote for. And I said, well, good. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you how to vote. I'm here to tell you about Jesus. And I, I told them the way I handle it is to say there is a better way. And as the church, we are going to tell people that there is a better way. It is the way of Jesus. It's the way of the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're going to be. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I'm, I'm not too worried. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the last you know, last I checked, the cattle on a thousand hills are still God's, and this is still God's world, and absolutely, and and He will bring it to fruition. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Well, man, Mike, I know you've got folks to see and, and things to do, but I appreciate you. I appreciate the visit, and um, and man, I'm just, I am grateful for our friendship because, like I say, you you make me better. Well, I and, appreciate uh, that, brother. Uh, I'm always always better when I walk away from our visits. So. That and I just—I don't know who might listen to this at some point, um, but man, I'm always available to talk, to visit. Um, they can reach me at my phone number two five four four eight five six five four five, and um, they can get online. And we've got an app called Cottonwood Life, and just kind of, it's kind of just there's just a lot of stuff on that app that they could uh, could look at and. Uh, and just kind of see where we are. But I'll, I'll tell you one final thing that's just been really exciting is, is that we were introduced to a Cambodian team um, and uh, it's Sam Reap and um, our missions pastor, Craig Scott. Well, well back up a minute. We, we've, we've had this uh, water initiative where we've been putting, uh, our goal is to put 10,000 water, um, uh, water filters in 10,000 homes and share the gospel with 10,000 families. Yeah. And we're just about finished with that goal. Wow. Uh, most of them in China, uh, now a vast majority, you know, um, almost a thousand, 2000 in uh, Cambodia. And, um, and so Craig had met this, uh, we'd met this team and um, he'd gone over and we started getting them, uh, training them how to do the water project, which is, you know, you gather 30, 40 people, uh, families that a village leader determines is the greatest need. And they gather um, at some point in the village, someplace in the village, and then someone gets up and actually shares the gospel for about, I'm talking a 30 minute, 35, 40 minute presentation gospel. Right. These guys, these, these, there's one person from their family sitting down with a water filter box with, with a water filter in it, listening to the gospel. And, um, and so I got the, uh, John Ann and I last a week, a year ago, November went and got to witness one of those. And it was in a Buddhist temple of all things. Wow. 
where the gospel was being presented. And when this woman finished, it, they just erupted in applause and um, one of the greatest things that they had ever heard. And so then someone gets up and talks about how to take care of it and how to maintain the filter, teaches them how to put it together. And uh, I mean, it's just one of the things is I, I, I marvel because I think, man, right from not even Dublin, Texas, somewhere in the, yeah. you know, the west, southwest corner of, a, of Erath County is a, a rural church that um, has said yes to the glory of God, to the yeah. earth, at home, and any other place in between, and to see the commitment of our people, of our children, um, who are um, uh, who are vested uh, from the time they're in the square all the way until they're young adults, and uh, um, and know the stories and know what it means. They know what an unreached people group is. Our third graders know what an unreached people group. They know the Haniar, the Cambodian, the Tarumara, the Navajo, all these places that God's called us to. And I think one of the, the things as I sit back and think about the years is, you know, um, you know, Jan Daner. Jan Daner oh, yeah. came, came and did some work for us, some leadership work for us um, years ago. And um, he talked about how ministries and churches become silos. So you've got this youth ministries a silo, your children, your women's, your men's. Um, and I'm just going to tell you, when we adopted the Hani, we became one silo. And it's kind of the, 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 the work of evangelism and mission has brought all these ministries together that has brought just a beautiful unity and oneness That's as awesome. we pursue the glory of God to yeah. the ends of the earth. Yeah. at home and every place in between so that's awesome yep god's been good yeah i one other thing also is that and i never planned all this i i didn't i didn't i just everything that you see i talk about wasn't because fritcher dreamed it up right. said, this is my vision this is what we're going to do god brought people with passion and vision and uh, all we do is love them to the place that God wants them to be. Yeah. And before you know it, they're either on staff, um, they're, they're on a mission field, um, they are serving. And that's to me the beauty, the beauty of what, when I step onto this property to think is that I, I, I did not cast the vision of this. Yeah. yeah. No, I just became the champion of what God was calling our people to. So. You know, and, and Mike, one of the things that I have found, and and I, I would I would bet you would echo this. When I begin to pray for people, and when I begin to, there, there's two things that I've prayed for for folks. One, uh, I started thinking about all the people that I knew. Um, who do I know in this town that I know they are not believers? And if I'm not sure, I know that they are not engaged in a church anywhere. And so I just made a list and started praying for five people. And I baptized three of them. Two of the others became engaged in a church. And, and we started reaching some folks. And I, I, uh, I began to pray for, for God to send some people who were already believers, who were, who were mature, to help with these folks. Yeah. Guess what happened? I know. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I love this because it's like we're, we ask God to send hurting, hungry, and healthy people. <laughs> and God has been so 
so faithful to do that. So Lord, would you send the hurting? Would you, would you send the hungry? Who people, hungry people who just want to move on with you, Lord. And then those that are, are already healthy. And then raise us up and equip us to meet those three kinds of people. Amen. And, uh, and God, you're right. God has sent hungry people, hurting people, and healthy people. And it's amazing. Don't, don't you think, isn't it amazing when you just ask God for something like that? How God just comes along and does it. Yeah. And, and, and Mike, I'll tell you, I, I just more and more... I determined several years ago, I just go, you know what? I've done everything I can do. Salvation is God's work, not mine. And so I'm just begin, going to begin to pray that God would be at work among us, that, that we as a church would do three things, that we'd honor God and that, that God would grow us in Christ's likeness and that, that God would uh, give us the ability to better reach people. And, um, and he was faithful in those things. Uh, you know, I, I mean, this is God's work, not ours. And so we don't do it by yeah. methods and manipulation. Well, I mean, we, we, we plant the seed, we water it, fertilize it, and God causes the increase. God takes rest on, yeah. So, yeah. Hey, my friend, thank you so much for God your time you, this afternoon. Yeah. Appreciate you, and I'll look forward to when we get together in, in real life. Right. I'll look forward to that face-to-face -face myself, brother. All right. Thank you, Mike. Take care, man. Have a great Bye-bye.